Welcome to the Monkey Business Show. From cash flow to crypto, all the things you need to know to invest in the market. I'm Aaron Hodges, joined by Eric Salzman, and freshly escaped from the Ecuadorian gangsters who held him for ransom after highly motivated did not place in the Kentucky Derby. Richie Bennett, congratulations on getting out of that sticky situation. Welcome back. Yeah, thank you. Um, I did, uh, if you remember, my other pick was Medina Spirit. So if highly motivated had come, those guys not only would have not kidnapped me, but they would have probably bought me a Corvette or something. <laughs> well, I mean, it was probably a master stroke of genius on your part to plant that story about Medina Spirit being on the juice. That's true. And uh, he's going to be running uh, Saturday. Oh, he's still running? He's still on. So I didn't know that Bob Bathard has a whole history of this. It's the 29th infraction. What? Oh, sorry. The 29th time he's been caught. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> that's crazy. That's that's uh, cancel culture. Yeah. They're out to get him. We used to talk about like the guys with the steroids in the steroid era, the great steroid era. And I used to laugh my ass off when these guys would say, oh, yeah, like I went to the doctor and I, I, I didn't know, bro. Like I. No idea. Cream, they said no, to rub the cream on. And those guys, if you try to, like, give them a tuna fish sandwich, they might, like, n- turn it down, right, if it wasn't inspected. Those, like, fine athletes, they know exactly what goes into their body every moment. So yesterday, Mr. Baffert, the Silver Fox, came out and said, oh, yeah, you know, there was this antifungal ointment, and I didn't know it had the, the juice in it. And like the hot walker guy gave him the the, the hot walker. He's blaming it on the hot walker. Gave him the <laughs> that is the same thing. Like, and because it's a horse, right? He can't talk. He's not Mister Red, so <laughs> he can't talk. Everything that horse does. If you're about to win the triple crown or or enter it in the Kentucky Derby, everybody knows where that horse is and what it's doing at all times. At all times. Like all times, like not even like they probably have two dudes sitting in chairs watching that guy sleep. We're just lucky to have you back here, man. Glad you got out of that sticky situation. While we're on the topic, why don't I throw this out? Yeah, I'm going to pick him again. I think it'll be great for the sport. This is exactly what they need. Right. Like now, like it's like he's going to win a triple crown. He's all juiced up. (laughs) <laughs> you know, Richie, if you get this one wrong, there's not going to yeah. be any hot ransom, though. They're just going to fuck this. Gonna kill I you. Now, I, I told Aaron that uh, you were going to trade your way out of it. You're going to make trading profits for these guys, and that's how you were going to get out. And um, the Q, the SQQQ or QQQS, the triple, the triple, lev- the triple leveraged inverse on the NASDAQ, betting that the NASDAQ will go down and getting three times is done very well, right? Yes. Put them into that. Yeah, yeah, I told them to do that while they had me at knife point. From one batch of horseshit to another, we got to talk about Bitcoin and Tesla. Elon comes out with a statement. I'll read it here via Twitter. Tesla has suspended vehicle purchases using Bitcoin. We are concerned about rapidly increasing use of fossil fuels for Bitcoin mining and transactions, especially coal, which has the worst emissions of any fuel. Cryptocurrency is a good idea on many levels, and we believe it has a promising future, but this cannot come at great cost to the environment. 
Tesla will not be selling any Bitcoin and we intend to use it for transactions as soon as mining transitions to more sustainable energy. We are also looking at other cryptocurrencies that use less than 1% of Bitcoin's energy transaction. Where do we start? Where do we make of that? Obviously, people reacted to that. Bitcoin dipped and other cryptocurrencies dipped quite a bit after he tweets that. Let's go back to last week when we talked about Dogecoin and how these clowns, you know, made a joke. And suddenly something that is a joke was 50, 60, 70 billion dollars Dogecoin. And we talked about that last week. We also talked about some other things in Tesla that are kind of a house of cards. So then he goes on Saturday Night Live and calls Dogecoin a hustle. And all those people who bought Dogecoin at 60, 65 cents came in Monday and sort the they got down to 46 cents. So that's a lot of people lost a lot of money and they are losing money in a large part because they are just being, they're following this clown who pumps things up and then somehow, and he admitted that he has Asperger's. I shouldn't say admitted, but he, he said he, think, he thinks he's on the spectrum. Like, I don't know if he doesn't know these things, but then to get people involved and then to come out and joke about it, he costs people money there. What it's telling me is if he didn't understand, because I, the first time I really heard this argument was Bill, Bill Maher um, came out last, last week. He wrote a pretty good, he did a pretty good, you know, new rules. That's his thing at the end. Yeah. When yeah. he came out and he said, I'm a smug asshole. Okay. <laughs> well, um, he is, but he, he's the first one that I heard talk about the energy that's needed to mine Bitcoin. And when you hear it, like, yeah, I guess that makes sense. You need shitload of banks and banks and banks of servers working on this thing. To, so the fact that Elon Musk, then a tech guy, a guy who should know all this stuff, he figured if he bought a 1.5 billion of it for his company, he would know how it's made and, and what it is. He comes out what yesterday after the market closes and says, we're not going to be buying, we're not going to be using Bitcoin anymore. We're not going to use for transactions because we're worried about the environment. And now Bitcoin gets killed. Some reason Tesla's up today. I don't know why they got, they've been getting blasted. They were down under 600 bucks um, yesterday. Uh, but you know, I, I'm getting tired of this guy and I think, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's pissing me off. And, he, and he, again, he's, if he doesn't think that he's going to do shit like this and that people aren't going to turn on him. And more importantly, if you own Tesla, they're going to turn on Tesla. They're going to be like, I'm not buying Tesla. I'll buy the Ford, whatever the Ford, I'll buy the BMW, I'll buy whatever their electric car is. I'm not buying that guy's cars anymore. I'm not, I'm not paying attention to that guy anymore. And you know, if you're an institutional and there's a lot of institutional money that holds Tesla, you're getting pretty pissed off right about now because that stock could easily go back down to 250. Best. Yeah. Um, if it comes to pass that they find out that he sold all that Bitcoin that he owned for Tesla. I was wondering this morning when I saw it open in the pre-market that it was up, right? Technically, right, it, it should not be a good news day for Tesla either, right? If they own all this Bitcoin, then Bitcoin's in the shitter. So if it comes out that this clown sold all the Bitcoin that Tesla had and then made that announcement, he could go to jail. Like, like that's like complete insider trading, but he might be able to get around it because he'll say, you know, some I'm not a professional. People shouldn't listen to me. Blah blah blah. <laughs> yeah, and you know, last week we also and again the fact that this has not gotten more press. We were talking last week about the emissions credits that basically 
Tesla was selling to uh, to a lot of the big car makers, the ones in Europe. And Aaron, those, those credits do come from from governments. So governments bestow those. Okay. Credits on. Yeah. And then, but they they're transferable. You can sell. There's like a you can sell them. So all of a sudden, someone did an analysis and they oh I know what it was because Stellantis, the, the Chrysler Fiat or Fiat Chrysler, they came out in their earnings and they said great news. We don't have to buy. We're not going to buy any more of these uh, CO two uh, emissions credits from Tesla. I think they spent something like 240 million euros on that in, in the, the fiscal year the, it, it, or the, yeah, the year ending, let's say 12, uh, 12, 31, 2020. And we're not going to do that anymore. So somebody came out with an analysis on Bloomberg and said, you know, if you took the amount of money they got from selling these credits, Tesla, and you took it away, they were getting more money on selling the credits than their net income, which means loss, right? That means if you took that away, and you took the Bitcoin bullshit away, these guys may never have even been in the S&P, right? Because they wouldn't have been able to string together those consecutive earnings. So, all right. What, and the fact that, I mean, the stock is down because, you know, uh, because what, you know, inflation, everyone, all these big, you know, the, the big growth stocks are getting hit. But the reality is the market hasn't even adjusted to that yet because a lot of people buying them, it's, they're buying it as a cult, you know, what he does is very irresponsible, and I think the reporting on Tesla is it's lacking, severely lacking. It's all fun and games, right? Everybody's just having a grand old time with it. But you crunched some numbers you were telling us about if you had uh, open of the first day of May. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you bought a 5% OTM call on Tesla from May 21st. What would happen there? Do you have that in front of you? I do. I was thinking, you know, all the, the, the kids who just, and, and we've been going on about this for however long we've been doing this, right? That these kids are buying call options and they're buying options. And one of these days, and generally when they buy and they make money, the next, the next trade's bigger and the next trade's bigger. So they can easily lose everything that they've made. And so we, we were always saying, well, what happens, you know, when you buy that call option for a pretty expensive price and the, the stock does the complete opposite, goes down. So... You would think your average, you know, uh, Reddit trader would come in and he would buy. Hey, it's it's the beginning of May. Tesla is sitting at about seven hundred. I'll buy the seven thirty five, meaning that the stock has to get the seven. The, the strike price is seven thirty five. The seven thirty five calls that expire May twenty first, five percent out of the money, were about twenty dollars. Let's call it twenty dollars. The stock started going down that Monday, but so let's say they bought at twenty. So remember. One option is 100 shares of stock. You control 100 shares of stock, but multiply your purchase price of 20 by, by 100 and you get 2,000, right? Well, yesterday at the market close, after Tesla's gotten slammed the whole month of May, your $2,000 investment is now worth $720. And as we get closer to May 21st, unless a miracle happens, that's going to go down, down to, to zero pretty soon. So... What we're starting to see, and hopefully what people are starting to see, I don't know if they are, is that there's a pretty vicious downside to this, that it's not all fun and games and it's not all winning all the time and YOLO and all this shit. Um, this is what can happen and it's going to happen. And what happens when it's no longer popular to uh, bet on Tesla when people start going against it? It's going to drop like a, like a rock. They say that with the GameStop, that got a lot of press. But what they've said over and over is, Tesla was actually the first GameStop, but it just went over time and time and time. So there are kids out there, people, guys, gals, what have you, that have been buying Tesla all the way. 
right? Either options or stock, and they just keep buying. It's all great when things keep going up, and when they, you know, when they go to the moon, it's real great, right? Rockets, right? Rocket ships. Everything up. <laughs> we speak in emojis here on the Monkey Business Show. <laughs> <laughs> if it doesn't happen in a hurry for a lot of these cats, they're going to be out of all their investment. If you're buying call options for two weeks out, things have to happen in the, in the two weeks for you to get paid. If it doesn't, you're done. And remember, um, so a lot of a lot of people. I mean, we, we talked about this months ago that uh, that margin debt, you know, that, that margin debt in, in, in equities is at an all time high, higher than it's I believe ever been, um, even more than the the dot com bubble, even more than pretty much any any super high time. As you look at equities, you look at stocks. So think about it to have a margin account. The, the brokerage is always looking at. It's always looking at what the market, what the value of your, of your, your holdings are when you're borrowing. And if you start losing a ton of money on your call options, suddenly they look and say, Hey, you know what? You're down a lot. You, you gotta, you gotta post more margin with us to keep your trades on over where you've borrowed money to buy, to buy the stock. And when that happens, if you don't have, if you don't come up with the money, they're going to blow you out. And when they blow you out, that's, that's called selling. That's what happens. Right. And so you lose. So if you're leveraged up, if you're buying, if, you, if you're buying Tesla through call options, because you know it's great when you win, it's fantastic, right? Think about it. The person who bought those options, let's say two thousand dollars, controls a hundred shares of Tesla, right? A hundred shares. So if that thing goes into the money. It's you're making, you know, you can make fifteen grand on a two thousand dollar investment over three weeks. It's an insane rate of return. It's fantastic until things go the other way. And then you're screwed or, you know, things don't have to go the other way. Things just you're thinking of, of uh, Tesla going up 5% in three weeks. Well, what if they only go up 2%? That's still a nice, healthy, healthy move. But you paid 20 bucks for that thing to go through 735 and actually beyond because you paid 20 bucks. So you, you're really looking for it to go through 755. So when that doesn't happen, boom, it's, it, it could be game over for a lot of these guys. Have we considered that Elon's going to the moon because that's his escape plan when they come at him with pitchforks? <laughs> he better watch out for the guys who kidnapped me last time. Honestly, that was a minor infraction. You just telling people to bet on highly motivated. I mean, if they're willing to kidnap you for that, I can't imagine what they do to Elon. They're buying If they're buying 5% out of the money uh, call options and paying 20 bucks, that's a lot bigger than what I did. <laughs> and, that, and that they do not they do not forgive it's it's a lot of monkey business around tesla and bitcoin right now we'll see how that all plays out so talk to us richie a little bit about what eric had mentioned earlier but with the the nasdaq and you being long on the qqqs yeah so i i just i didn't think it was going to move like this you know in my favor but there's just this whole everything like we talked about last time like you go to the grocery store, everything is higher, right? Gas prices, higher. Everything is higher. Corn, right? Soybeans. You know, they say that, like, the, the, there's more Chinese eating meat these days than ever before times 10 or something, right? So they feed the cows corn and soybeans. Well, guess what? Those prices go higher, right? So when you have this stuck in, the, in an economy, it's called inflation, right? When inflation comes, there's one way to get rid of it, and it's not easy even when you put a full throttle. Once it's, in the, 
once the genie's out of the bottle, it's real tough to get it back in. The inflation thing, right? This and this is people don't realize this because it hasn't happened for forty or fifty years. But in the seventies, this is exactly what happened. Okay, prices started going up on everything. Interest rates had to rise. That's how you get the prices lower. But when you raise interest rates, it puts a big break. You know, think about driving a car at 75 and having to go to 20 in like 20 feet. So when you have higher interest rates, it slows the economy down. It's horrible for stocks. I mean, some stocks may be okay, but it's really bad. And when you have growth stocks, which is what most of the NASDAQ is, right? Growth stocks being like things that can that are really on fire and are growing. And that's why the NASDAQ went up so much during the pandemic, because things could roll in those tech companies very well without having to have like the regular economy ticket. So your airlines got smashed because they need to fly to make money. But your, let's say, uh, you know, the cloud, all these companies that do the cloud, those things roll, right? Because everybody's home working on their computers that can, right? That if you're working from home, if you're able to keep your job, guess what? You're on Zoom calls, you're on doing spreadsheets, all that takes computing power. So those things fly when that happens. So now you have the, the double whammy kind of for tech stocks, which are growth stocks, where you're having higher interest rates, plus the economy is opening up, right? So now, now I don't need to be on that Zoom call so much. Now I don't need to be, you know, worried about the cloud, but I do want my gasoline, right? Because I got to get to work. And, and then it becomes like tricky, right? Because now it's like higher prices, higher prices, higher prices. How do we stop this? How do we stop this? How do we stop this? Oh, higher interest rates. That's how you stop it. So the Fed, Jay Powell, has been saying all along, ah, nah, nah, we're, we're good. And the, the favorite thing I, I was watching, I don't watch normally, but I was watching the financial televisions and the new word of the day. It's so funny. Like we were talking about it, me and my buddy Frank, how like once a word gets used that sounds cool, like everybody uses it like in every other sentence. The word of the day today what do we got? was transitory, transitory. Everybody keeps saying transitory. And what they're saying in relation to inflation is is this like a one-time thing like yesterday's report on inflation was the highest one since december 2008 but all the talking heads are like transitory maybe it's transitory so what they're trying to say is because things have opened up in a hurry now all of a sudden prices are all going up but once things get back to normal the prices will come back down again i'm not so sure about that like I, like I said, it's hard to get that genie back in the bottle when it's out. I'm going to take a, a counter argument to your sage wisdom. <laughs> so I, I'm with you. I think this is actually a, a sell the rumor by the news situation. I say this because looking back at with the last time we had real inflation, like you said, in the, in the, in the 70s, the late 60s into the 70s, you could look at it and say, wow, are we repeating the same thing? You've got... Massive government spending back then. It was the Vietnam War and and, all, and, and huge the society the, the Great Society programs that were being funded um, under LBJ and then under Nixon. So you had massive government spending. You had a Fed that 
was never going to take their foot off the gas. Arthur Burns was the head of the, uh, was the chairman of the Federal Reserve back then. And he is renowned now for the guy, the dope who basically didn't put the hammer down on inflation when he could have and instead played along went the opposite way because he did what, what the, both Nixon and I think the guy before him, I think his name was Eccles. Johnson basically told, could almost control those guys and told them, don't raise rates, keep, keep the money, keep the money flowing. And then you had the gigantic price shocks. You had the, the two big um, Arab oil embargoes in the 73 and 79. And that, that created the, all that time, that, that created inflation, real inflation, inflation that got into the psyche of the, of the nation. And once that happens, it, it's, it's very, very damaging. It's obviously damaging to financial assets. It's damaging to confidence. Um, it definitely eats into, you know, if you're, if you're someone who doesn't have a, an income that can, in, that can increase, uh, like a, someone on a fixed, uh, on a fixed, uh, like a pension or something like that, you're going to get, you're going to get killed because you're, you're not going to get any more money, but everything you want to buy is going up. But I just caution that that took more than a decade to really build up and become what it became. And the key difference and Powell's made this statement before. Um, I think it's very important is that in the, that when globalization happened, when all the developed nations of the world, especially ours, just shoved, pushed the, you know, pushed the um, jobs overseas, uh, let, you know, sign these free trade agreements and let, you know, all of a sudden it's a lot cheaper to, to build your factory in China, build your factory in Vietnam or wherever, where it's cheaper and you base it up to pay people and you don't have to worry about regulations. You don't have to worry about the, the environment. You know what? Your profit margins are going to go up. Well, what they did by doing that, they, they destroyed, and I talked about this last week, they, they destroyed the unions. They, they basically wiped out super powerful organized labor. And when you did that, now all of a sudden you, workers used to have leverage, right? If they belonged in a union, they were able to, to, to collectively bargain and if need be strike to get higher, higher wages. And they were getting, you get higher wages when prices are going up and you have inflation. So they get the higher wages. Well, when you get those higher wages, guess what? Labor is still the biggest input into what, what what's being produced, goods and services. So guess what? That goes up. It goes up. They go, hey, we need we need another wage increase. So it becomes this freaking runaway train. I don't think we have that here. Labor is nowhere near as strong as it was. Um, you know, we're still arguing whether we should change the the, the minimum the minimum wage from seven was it seven dollars and twenty five cents to ten dollars or fifteen dollars. I mean, starvation wages, right? I think without wage inflation, we're going to have. Maybe it's going to be a year. All these supply bottlenecks are, are and it's creating real, it's creating damaging price, right? No question about it. I'm not, I'm not playing it down, but I'm saying that I believe what the Fed is saying transitory, they're talking about one year out, two years out, five years out, and this will pass. Rich, you know, we have, we have a guy who builds houses we're, we're friends with, and, and we're talking about getting into a project, building some houses down here in Texas. I asked him, I said, well, well what's going to happen now with all the price of lumber, the price of copper, everything's going up. And he goes, well, we're not really going to build, we're going to do the, we're going to, first we have to develop the lots, right? This is raw land. So he goes, by the time we go to build the houses, uh, it's going to be about a year from now. Have they run out of forests? Like there's no, like, <laughs> like, don't worry. They, they, we'll be able to buy our lumber. So when a guy like that thinks like that, you think, I, I think a lot of people are thinking that, yeah, this is, this is transitory. I know that's the, that's the buzzword. But that being said, 
obviously it's going to smash stocks. It, 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 it's not good for stocks at all. And if enough people don't believe it's transitory, and honestly, besides the Fed and maybe me, everybody else thinks it, it, it's not transitory, you're going to see what's happening now, which is the market's going to get hit every time it gets really worried about inflation. But I would say I would let it get hit. I would take I would be careful. But I think there's going to be, I think if the market gets hit really hard over this, it's going to be pleasantly surprised at what happens to inflation as, as time goes on. Maybe not this quarter or next quarter, but I think within next year, I think inflation is going to really start dying out. So I want to just kind of um, build on, on what you just said a little bit, but just mention a few things that are in the news today. McDonald's is grabbing some headlines for raising hourly wages to uh, up to 10%. And also the gas shortages. People are going crazy putting gas in plastic bags. <laughs> Have you seen some of these videos? Yeah, well, that's because that's the pipeline. That's I mean, that's more of the colonial pipeline is was was hacked. Right. I mean, we I, I don't know if we talked about it last week. I think it did come out the Friday. I think it was out right after we recorded. Yeah. And so and so people playing on that inflation theme said, see, this is like the Arab oil embargo of the 70s. Yeah. You know? And I'm like, come on. Like, that's not this is a this is a three week. You know, it, it's bad. It's damaging the economy. It sucks, especially if, if I have to move. If I, I'm moving at the end of the month. And I know that if, if, if this thing doesn't get resolved fast, I know that moving company is going to tell me, hey, I know we agreed to this price, but we're going to have to increase yeah. it 15% because it's going to cost us that much to, 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 to move you. But that is resolving itself. That, that's not a long lasting. That's a pain in the ass to the economy, but not, nothing that I, you know, I, I wouldn't look at that as a oil embargo. I do think that there are political forces that want to uh, make this a bigger deal than it is because it's damaging to other people. But um, last year, they were paying people to take oil. So I don't know what to think of it. But I do kind of want to build on what you were saying in terms of uh, the market investing and inflation. So stocks are going to get hit. Is it a good idea to kind of, you know, stack up some cash and get ready to move whenever the market does dip? I mean, it is dipping, it seems, precipitously. Mm -hmm. There's the buzzword today. Is it a good idea to kind of stack some cash and wait for an opportunity? Yeah, I think, I think it is. It was kind of, I thought, somewhat optimistic when you had this big shift that we talked about where the, the people often talk about the FANG stocks, right? F-A-A-N-G, which is like Facebook, Google, Netflix, Apple, Amazon, they were the market leaders, right? Those five stocks are, are, are still, I think, 25% of the stock market right, in the U.S. That's a big number, right? Like those five companies control 25% of the market or, or are market cap of 25%. Um, when those kind of started going sideways, the market still went up, but it was other stocks that were going up, more like value stocks. And that's always a decent story because now they call that breadth, which is more stocks, newer stocks are hitting higher highs. The other guys aren't exactly crashing. So that's going to raise kind of a lot of boats by itself. And you want to be in those value stocks, obviously. If you want to, yeah. So a lot of these big institutions shifted their focus from the FANG stocks to finance companies, uh, industrials, oil and energy companies, stuff like that. And right. You've seen 
But, but when you have those big guys start to crack, like really crack, they can bring everybody down because of what I just said about the 25%. Right? Now people are like, oh, shit, look at that. The market's kept going way down. And if you look, what's gotten funky in the last few days anyway is, again, it's starting to do this thing where the disparity between the tech stocks, so NASDAQ, and the Dow and the S&P was pretty crazy. Like the other day at one point, again, it, it doesn't happen often, but like the Dow was up. The Dow Jones was up like 270 points and the NASDAQ was down like 200 points. And no, like a disparity of like 400 points happens once every few years. So that one was almost like 500 points difference. So that was telling you everybody was selling tech stocks and buying the big company, you know, like the value companies, the banks or the energy companies, Exxon Mobil, for example. So everything is affected by these larger stocks and it doesn't necessarily reflect the fair market value sometimes? Sometimes no, sometimes no. But if, like I was saying, if, if you see these big stocks, these tech, big tech names, Tesla, Apple, guys like that, if they keep dropping, they can bring everything down because then people are going to be like, shit. I'm losing money. I, I, I got to sell. I got I got to sell. They don't necessarily sell the Tesla and the Amazon all the time, but they'll, they'll sell stuff that they're making money. In, you know, so like then it just creates this big pocket that drives everything down. Well, yeah. And, and that's uh, let's get back to our, you know, I, look, just like we we kind of took. You know, the, the short sellers to, to task on GameStop and all of those because they didn't weren't necessarily paying attention to who could like the, in this case. It was the Reddit traders was the, that they they were able. And, and obviously, and I also think it was Bill Wang from Archegos. He was also buying. He was buying up all these stocks that had huge short interest in them. That's what that, that was. And I think he there's, there's rumblings that he may have had something to do with GameStop as well. And he, he probably did. But remember, we said, look, these guys, the short sellers are pros. They know what they and one thing they have to look out for is could somebody come in, know that we're short or know that there's a whole uh, a whole uh, a large percentage of, of, of the float is, is, is short interest, meaning people borrow the stock, they sell it short. And, you know, they could come in and blow me out. They could exactly what happened with GameStop could could happen. Right. They didn't they didn't see it or they didn't look at it. Or they got lazy and they got crushed. Well, the same thing I think is true with when you're looking at the market now, you really have to try to imagine how much of the market is in what we call weak hands. Weak hands meaning if the stock starts going down, just like Bill Wang, you remember, do you want to own a stock where 15% of it's owned by a guy who's borrowed five, you know, five, was leveraged up five times. And if the stock starts going down, he's going to have to sell. We don't like that guy. No. Well, imagine Bill being a lot bigger than that. And you've got all this short interest going on and you've got a lot of these stocks and weak hands. So when they start going down, they may not have they may, they may not have the, the, the luxury of deciding for themselves to sell. They may get blown out of their positions just anyway, because all of a sudden their account, they, they, they borrowed on the stock. They leveraged themselves up. And now all of a sudden the stock's going down and maybe the stock goes down 5%, but you could be down 25% depending on how much you, you've leveraged yourself up, what you've bought. So when that account value goes down, crashing down, you got to put up more money or they're going to blow your account down. And that's what, that is something that we really have to pay attention to is that this is not a normal market. 
that if we get if we, when bad things happen, they get amplified tremendously. And that's something that I think we have to pay attention to as, as investors. And uh, the old adage that we often use, stocks go up like an escalator. They come down like an elevator. <laughs> <laughs> Who's cutting the cord, God damn it? Let's get that guy. Stop him from cutting the cord. Well, Richie, for Richie's picks, what's going to take us up the escalator? Yeah, I still, I still believe in some of these um, uh, like more value-oriented stocks, companies that make real money, not some pie-in-the-sky thing like we're going to do this and that and the other thing. They print cash, basically. Um, so I would look at the banks still. Uh, the KBE is the, is the index that uh, seems to be a nice one. I would still look at energy. Most of these oil companies make money when, when oil is at 40 or higher. So those guys are going to continue to print out. Like, so if you're going to be in stocks, you want to be in those value ones, I think, still. And I'm not letting go of my SQQ short the NASDAQ position either. I got to take some umbrage with that. Richie, uh, this is a do as I say and not as I do situation. You were warning the listeners, don't stay in this long. This is probably overnight. Here we are over a week later. What's going on? So it just keeps working, right? So like, (laughs) I'm not going to dump it. Try not to sell my winners. You know what I mean? Like, keep your winners. But I think if, if you don't feel comfortable with that, you can still do the QQQ. You can short that. Uh... You don't have to take leverage if you don't want to. But I think the general market for those tech stocks is still going down. Like mm-hmm. I like to look, we'll, we'll do a whole segment one time on technical charts, but that's another trick that people use that has nothing to do with what, very little to do with macroeconomics and stuff that's going on. They just look at charts and they say, see the price of the chart goes here and it, this is a moving average and all kinds of stuff, which can get tricky, but the charts are pretty good. Like if you, I think if you use like, if you do, the best guys seem to use like the economic news combined with the charts, right? And if the economic news is telling you that interest rates might be ticking higher and the charts are telling you that these tech stocks look like shit, you're probably good to be out of those. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm interested to see, like Eric was saying, like, how many of these guys, these Reddit guys, you know, are going to keep buying the dip? You know, they love to buy the dip and, and never sell, right? What do we call it? Brass balls? What do they talk about? Diamond balls? I don't know what the hell it is. <laughs> I think we kind of uh, bastardized the diamond hands and, and yeah, no, that, chased it that. to diamond balls. Yeah. That thing. Yeah. Um, so never sell, never sell. That's nice when you have a, a nice escalator, right? Mm-hmm. When it's an elevator going express to the ground, you're, you're dead. Like, you're done. I'd like to also add the great Mitch Hedberg joke. One of the best jokes of all time. An escalator can never break. It just becomes stairs. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. And... and if it becomes stairs, now it, now it really is slowing down, right? So we can build on that. Like if we have a staircase market, you might get an elevator quick. 
Mm-hmm. It's not good for not good for buying options, right? If you have a right. yeah, those options don't work anymore. And you know, a lot of people got lucky that the market cooperated last March after it tumbled. It'll be real interesting to see if shit starts hitting the fan, how many of these cats are wearing pants, you know. Remember what old man Buffett says, right? Yeah. When you're at the beach, you don't, you don't know. At the beach, right. Wearing pants, bathing suits, until the tide goes up. The other thing is that we keep saying it, but the percentage of call options in these accounts is ridiculous versus puts. You know, like, so the put, you're betting that things are going down. In, like, Robinhood, I, I, I bet it's 95%, 95% of option activity in Robinhood from their customers is buying of call options. Going to make that, uh, that Robinhood IPO really special. Is that ever going to happen at this point? What do you guys think? I, I'm surprised that uh, they're probably doing everything. They're probably running around with the Keystone tr- cops trying to get that thing out and sell it before. Because <laughs> this thing's going to blow. It's definitely going to blow. And they'll have no customers, right? right. They're, they're going to kill they, all the customers are going to get killed. At some point, it's going to happen. And they just pray that it happens after they get the, the few billion dollars in their pocket. Then it's right. over. I read something, too, where, like, I didn't know this. This is pretty funny. Like, you get a surprise share of stock when you open an account at Robinhood. Mm-hmm. Like, they give you the confetti, and then they're like, and here is one share of Joe Shit the Ragman. They spin the wheel? I think. I, I don't know. It's like the drug dealers giving out free samples. <laughs> the old man got mad at them. Buffett, right? He was like, it's a casino out there with these guys. Casino. Yeah, like it wasn't It wasn't before Robin Hood showed up. <laughs> <laughs> and he's only pissed because his, his Class A shares are like $400,000, right? So they, nobody in Robin Hood's buying that shit. Like, that, that ain't happening. Those are those are expensive stocks. When yeah, that's, that's that's a that's a lot of money. That's a lot. Right. Of money. I want I want the Doge coin that's half a penny. That's cheap. Yeah, give me that. Take that to the moon. So okay, any uh, solid picks that you have this week? I may come out with a next week. I think I've been looking at some of these charts, and you, you're going to have some more opportunities to buy puts. It's just not just not yet, like today, but. I think it, it, it's definitely trending negative for mm-hmm. a lot of these growth stocks. So be careful. Do you uh, do you recommend like like you can get you can get outright long or outright short something, or do you want to play like you know like like Richie brought up the banks? So if you, uh, I think we talked, I think we talked about this last week. So KBWB that is an ETF. That's that's basically the ETF on the KBW index. Uh, that that's an index of, of U.S. banks. So you can buy that thing and that thing mirrors the, the performance of, I think at least like maybe, the, I don't know if it's a top 50. I'm not sure what the, uh, what what's, I mean, all the big guys are in there and I'm sure there's some big regional banks in there too, but you can buy that one, you know, and sell QQQ, do something like that where you're not, you're not net outright long or short the market. You're long one sector, you own a sector like the banks, and then you're going to sell kind of the tech heavy companies through shorting QQQ. Is there anything that you're feeling strong about this week, Eric? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, again, I, I think that, um, if it's in everybody's mindset that inflation is here in the investor's mindset and that that is bad, it, it's worth, it's worse for growth stocks uh, a lot. I mean, it's bad for all stocks, but it, but it really, as Richie said, it, it's good. It pounds growth stocks, uh, even more the prospect of inflation and, and much higher interest rates. So 
Yeah, I mean, I I think that if that mindset is in, I think the numbers that are, uh, the numbers are going to continue to come out shockingly high. Whether it's you know in, futures on lumber, whatever, everything's up now. Food commodities, you know, precious metals. Which also that that was a good call on our part. I would definitely stay stay long. I I think which is GLD. I'm GLDM. Um, that's done very well. That's a that's a gold gold ETF. I think that if the market is behaving this way with the numbers that are coming out and it's in the mindset, I, I don't agree with it over the long term, but certainly for the short term, it's going to drive the market. And the short term, I'm talking about quarters. I think that, that the tech sector or the growth sector is going to continue to get hit. So if you want to stay involved, I would I would get I would get long the value stocks. I would get and find you could get ETFs that essentially put you in the sectors you want to be in. And, and banks are definitely we took. So I took some chips off the table on banks, but didn't reduce my core position by much. Um, and I think they're going to continue to do well, for, at least versus the, uh, the growth stocks. Gotcha. I need you guys to know I got my first fractional shares from the dividend reinvestment. All right. <laughs> it was very exciting when I saw those fractional shares hit. I said, was, that a, was that AGNC? That was AGNC. Nice. Yep. Nice. So I'm, I'm on my way to uh, swimming in gold coins. There you go. <laughs> that might have been a mushroom experience, Aaron, that you, you had. In. <laughs> Could have been. All right. Lots of good info again, as always, on the Monkey Business Show. Any final thoughts for the listeners out there? Good luck in the previous, and watch out for the guys with the guns. 